Alejandra. I'm Sam. I'm Harrison. I'm Rocky. And I'm Marcelo. And this is Going Helm's Deep, the Middle Earth film series retrospective by Talk Film Society. Episode 1 The Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring, Part 1. All right. I just, heard a, I just heard a yelp. I think that was your dog, Sam. <laughs> yeah, he's uh, he's vocal. Uh, we'll see. But what's 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 his name? His name is Rocket. Rocket. Oh, that's nice. Uh, it would have been timely if it was a Lord of the Rings name, Sam. You know, I know. It's a missed opportunity. I'm, I know. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I think Bilbo was like the. I mean, it's not Lord of the Rings. I mean, I guess it is. Bilbo was a great name for a dog. So keep that in mind As the next time Pippin. you guys go. <laughs> Pippin is good too. Yes, yes. So, uh, I lied. His name is Smaug. Okay, Smaug. <laughs> Just change it on 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 the episode. Oh, it's Smaug. <laughs> yeah, you can have a middle name, Rocket Smaug. <laughs> oh Jesus! Lord of the Rings: The Fellowship of the Ring, Part One. All right. So where do we even begin with this? Uh, I'm I'm assuming we all watched it at the beginning. At the beginning. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the extended edition, I, I should say. Anybody jumping into this episode without having listened to episode zero? Uh, go to episode zero. You know, we, we, we lay the groundwork. But yeah. It's we're, a fun time. We're watching the extended editions of these movies. Every single one. From uh, the Lord of the Rings trilogy to the Hobbit trilogy. So yeah. Seeing the first part of Fellowship of the Ring. And um, I mean, okay. On on the discs, I know it splits it up, you know, nicely. On the mm-hmm. DVDs and the, and the Blu-rays. I'm not sure how it does it digitally. It just plays the whole thing, I'm assuming. I think it does, yeah. Yeah, I, I forgot to write down the mark where exactly uh, um, it ends, part one. But hey, it ends when the fellowship is is brought together, <laughs> and they say they say the line, "Hey, here's the fellowship of the ring." Great, there where it are is. we going? Exactly. Where are we going? It's the perfect end. It's the yeah, perfect it's so good. It's perfect. So let's start the prologue. How about that, guys? Let's go around. Tell about this. Where to, where to fucking be? I know. Just yeah. Ugh. I say that because the prologue is that great. Like I've, I mentioned in episode zero, like this opening is god level. It's the it's how it hooks you as an audience for the next whatever films we're going down. You know, it's fucking perfect. But please, somebody go before me. So I'm gonna go nuts. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what can I, I, this is my biggest fear when it comes to this podcast because we all love Lord of the Rings so much that I feel like the whole episode is just gonna be like it's perfect. It's great. It's the best thing ever. There's nothing wrong with it. But, I mean, he's right. There's nothing wrong with it. It's probably, like, the best way to start anything ever. I believe the fantasy right away. Exactly, exactly. It's her voice carrying me through. It's the imagery that we're seeing. I mean, when the final boss (laughs) shows up and starts smacking dudes, like, in the air with his mace, you're just like, this is horrible. Like, this literally feels like the ultimate evil, you know, uh, they sell that so well, especially his size, the stature, the way he's like above the crowd and everything. It's just incredible shit. Um, I could watch that intro over and over and over again. It, the arrows flying past Elrond's head, like everything. It's, it's special. It's very, very special. It pulls you in, you know, you get the scale. It's great. I just can't even imagine like what it was like to watch that in a theater for the first time when it was first released, because for someone who might have been like obsessed with Lord of the Rings up until then, I feel like it would be a great reassurance to know that it's going to be in good hands just with that prologue. 
because mm-hmm. it's so deliberately done and it's so well that I mean it's so good thank you Peter Jackson <laughs> yeah and I yeah, think I just remember the, being uh, like nine you know I was like nine when I or ten I just turned ten when I saw it I just remember being like to the point where there was a bar in front of me so like I could and during the I remember like during the Elvish like I had to like lean up to, to read the subtitles because the bar was blocking it but just like the fact that that's how big like the screen is completely you know enveloping me and so during that just seeing that battle and that prologue even just and the fact that it leaves you in darkness for like a full minute as she Kate Blanchett talks at you is incredible oh yeah like I, I, the font too I mean just everything about this film man like the, the intro truly pulls you in to this like I'm dusting off an old book and I'm going to read you this ancient tale. <laughs> it feels it's like so that. Good. Like, yeah, it's a, it's a beautifully done thing. And I brought this up before too. It feels foreign. Like Team Weta has their own stamp on this thing and it doesn't feel like an American production because it isn't. It totally feels like an international thing and that helped that intro too. You get a visual stamp of like, oh, this doesn't look like anything I've seen yet. Like at all. Like this literally looks fresh visually original even though yeah it's about a fantasy that we all know well and you know front to back so i love that about this film i think that's gonna age so well like into the next like 30 years you're gonna be like holy shit this doesn't look like yeah because like i have to keep reminding myself a lot that this is like 2001 and like it doesn't feel like that at all this is so from the from the get-go is so like grandiose that I, I can't even wrap my mind around how they accomplish this so fucking perfectly yeah it's timeless that, for sure yeah exactly exactly and i mean part of what makes this even more impressive is like yeah it's 2001 but principal photography was in 99 mm-hmm. so they were working with exactly like exactly late 90s tech and the fact that the cg still hasn't really dated in any way shape or form except for like some stuff with the lighting is flabbergasting and you see are that you, throughout in the prologue are you talking about the part because i saw this on tumblr they were laughing at this where like frodo wakes up in rivendell and it's like <laughs> there's some really bad effects there and, like elrond's face looks like it's like one of those 2001 photo shoots at sears oh, do you know what i'm talking about yeah i know what you're talking about and yeah that kind of like the layering in that sequence is kind of bad but like the actual um battle of dagorland um where Rocky was talking about the big bad just knocking people with the mace. Like, they get... The CG models there are a little rubbery, but that really comes down to how things were lit rather than Mm -hmm. the actual quality of the effects themselves. Because when we get to Moria uh, next recording, I got... Like, that stuff is still flawless. It's crazy pants, because... how did... Like, I know we're still in the prologue, and I don't want to get too ahead of myself, but, like, how did they accomplish this so well in 1999 and then the hobbit does like the exact opposite where it looks <laughs> so fake yeah it's- i feel like uh we should point out that like we're gonna probably do episodes on the uh, appendices and the making of so we, i mean we, we can still bring it up i'm not saying don't bring it up i'm just saying like mm-hmm. right, that right if right. we because if we we'll be here all day so like i think right uh <laughs> but like there's so much to talk about in every aspect of this film especially because we know so much more about how they did it than most films because of the way uh, Jackson's like, he wanted to give us the full story and it's, it's incredible. Like the late nineties or two thousands and with Weta on his side, Peter Jackson was still like heavily like uh, doing, 
it's just so I'm, I'm in awe of the uh, physical effects of this mm-hmm. and how he balances yeah. that with digital effects it's tremendous it's it's an accomplishment so maybe he was leaning maybe too much to the CGI in the, in the Hobbit trilogy is, is my uh, rem- remembrance of that trilogy so the physical effects here still astound me and all the you awards think it's, it's more won. expensive yeah so um, but okay seven and a half minute prologue okay me having little to no knowledge of this world having you know you know first watched it like on dvd like in 2002 before the two towers i i was like oh i have no idea what this world's about but the seven and a half minutes just pretty much you know tells me everything i need to know and i'm fully in i'm fully enveloped in this world like i my, my question is like <laughs> like how like the, the books don't start like this right it's no, 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 not all right. No, <laughs> it's very cinematic how Peter Jackson started this. Yeah. <laughs> it's very, very cinematic, you know. Uh, but yeah, wonderfully so. Yeah, yeah no, I, I started reading the books again after watching Fellowship twice this week because I'm a broken person. Um, <laughs> uh, the first line is about Bilbo celebrating his 111th birthday. Like yeah. it just throw the book throws you into Hobbiton and the Shire, whereas like. The films absolutely need to get you on board with everything that's happening and the stakes of the events right. that are happening and the time scale so you understand just how grand this whole thing is before we can shift to um, the Shire and Hobbiton and start focusing on the characters because those yeah. don't matter. They have to present you know the world. Like they have to introduce the whole ring thing before they even do. Bilbo's party because it would be a little confusing and like it, it just wouldn't feel as powerful if they like introduced the ring while Frodo was introduced to the ring do you know what I mean so right, I think yeah. that's why they had to do the prologue which I think is perfect uh, for some reason it works in the book but it would not have worked on screen well yeah and to break my own rule a little bit uh, the commentary uh, they were talking I just want to talk about it here because I think it's important is that uh this prologue originally they like wrote it having a prologue then while filming it they thought it didn't work they thought it was too exposition heavy so they did start it with uh just like having the hobbits you know showing showing what the hobbits life was like mm-hmm. uh but then the studio was like no you need a prologue and they're like oh shit so they had to do that that was all done in post like they had to do they were wrapped filming and they basically had to hop, cobble together this uh, prologue, but I think honestly, the way that feels, it makes it feel like we've talked before. It feels mythic. It feels like a history lesson. Like it feels like the fact that we one of the first shots is like of a this beautiful map that they had made, and mm-hmm. it's so I think it's one of those things where it didn't it didn't go you know as according to plan, but it's one of those beautiful things about uh, movie making that it ends up working, and you can't imagine it being different. Man. I'm so glad they fucking got that note because it's Mm -hmm. seriously one of the... I I mean, I can rave about this opening all day. Those two orcs screaming into frame are burned into my mind forever. (laughs) Like, I I love that opening sequence of them just screaming, like, ready for battle. And you're just like, I'll never forget that. Like, it's Mm -hmm. the most magical shit. Yeah, I'm so into that. That shot of the the orc and the elves lying crashing together with the, like, just the the wave of swords coming down, like... frame yeah. it put it on my wall yeah just, you, you, yeah you just understand like not only just the 
the way that the elves fight, but their efficiency. You know, you, right away, mm-hmm. you're just like, these guys are fucking next level. <laughs> and if an elf <laughs> shows up on screen, that bitch is going to be hard. <laughs> and sure enough, we got like Legolas like surfing downstairs and shit. But uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean, obviously I'm ahead of yeah. myself. I mean, that's two towers, but still, you get my idea. It's just like they sell it right away. They're just like, okay, those orcs are dangerous. Holy shit. Like they'll blow my face off. Yeah. Like, look, look how practical the makeup is. Oh my God. And then when you see the elves strike, you're like, these fuckers are crazy. Yeah. And then when fucking Sauron shows up, I can't tell you what that felt like as a kid. Like just being blown away. I mean, that's, it's gotta be like, you know, Vader showing up in uh, the way that affected kids when they saw that the first time of, mm-hmm. you know, Vader busting through those doors. Like that's the way Sauron showing up. It's even bigger than that. It's like, this is ultimate evil shit. And like that look on Elrond's face, who's just a badass a second ago, like, oh fuck, is incredible. <laughs> and yeah. Yeah. I because we're talking about this now, this is jumping way ahead. But during the the battle at the Black Gate, they mirror that shot of like everyone looking aghast at someone bearing down on them at the Black Gate. Mm-hmm. Um so I just think it's a nice way to like maintain the idea of like cyclical storytelling and right. cyclical events. Um, but also I do have one minor, minor complaint as a book person about oh, the prologue. Here we um, go. <laughs> it's, it is extremely minor, but they cut Gilgalad's death scene where um, Sauron was supposed to pick him up, lift him over his head and set him on fire. So I would have really liked to see that because Gilgalad <laughs> it being one of the three ring bearers is kind of a big deal. Um, but for pacing <laughs> reasons, uh, I why it's not there. That's crazy. That yeah. uh, I I would have loved to have seen a Peter Jackson film that because I'm sure he would have mm. delighted in that moment. Anyway, Rocky. <laughs> no, I was just gonna say like I I'm, before we move on from the prologue, I really love also the imagery you know of Isildur chopping off the fingers, mm-hmm. and I mean you you oh, get yeah. this you get the scale of that you get the fact that like these fingers look like. I don't know, little missiles. Like they're like huge. You know what I mean? Like you get the scale like right away. And it's so iconic in that sense, you know, like and then everyone just being sucked in by the energy and blown back by it. There's so much like happening there in that prologue that just sticks to your brain like forever, you know. It's beautiful. And her voice has to be like a major part of that. Like I can hear it now. Oh yeah. I was, I was like, just going to bring her up again. Kate Blanchett doing the voiceover. Um was perfect. They could have literally gotten anybody. So I'm we're glad have, that she yeah. was the one. I think we're going to have to cut her in a little bit here, just for the, because I don't want to try it. Like, the way she's just two and a half thousand years is <laughs> seared into my brain, yeah. and it's like, it's amazing. History yeah, became I a legend, it. legend became myth. Ugh, just fuck. <laughs> it's so good. And yeah. the decision to start Lord of the Rings with, like, a female voiceover when the movie is mo- is so heavily structured around the actions of men but a dudes and a bunch of dudes <laughs> and that's a major problem the books have it's a bunch god. of dudes with women as set dressing right um, well so, god bless those screenwriters you know right who were women like the exactly. ones that made all the important changes were women and then peter jackson was like yeah all right uh, <laughs> but like the the decision to put the history of middle earth in the hands of the most powerful woman and elf to ever live, really. Like, masterstroke, and kind of lays out the expectations for adaptational change that are going to be coming. And all of the decisions made in that regard are incredible. 
uh, Fran Walsh, uh, Philippa Bowens, and Peter Jackson, uh, screenwriters, mm-hmm. I should just mention. Uh, but yeah, but that's, okay, that's the prologue. <laughs> amazing. It's still amazing. And and that that, that moment, uh, I think Rekha was just saying, where they all get sucked up into, uh, right, when, when, when the big evil is, like, killed, that always blows away my subwoofer here at home and scares my cats. It's one of the best moments. <laughs> I, 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 I can play it on my Blu-ray uh, with, my, with my surround system. Okay, now we're going to, to, to Hobbiton to meet the Hobbits. Yes! Okay, let's, let's, let's talk about this, okay? How cute is this intro? <laughs> yeah, um, it, it, it seriously almost makes me cry every time. Like the music, I do cry, I do oh, cry. Same. Concerning Absolutely. Hobbits is the <laughs> best so piece sweet. of... I, I know nobody's going to agree with me, but Concerning Hobbits is my favorite part of the score, like... Period. No, period. I, I actually 100% agree with you. The only it thing that comes, the, yeah, the only thing, the only musical cue that comes close is um, Bridge of Casa Doom. It's the only yes. thing that even comes close. Yes, and it's so crazy because the rest of the score is so like intense, and then this is kind of like super like whimsical and cute, and I don't know mm-hmm. why it makes me so emotional, but it's my ringtone, so everybody calls me. I get like <sighs> chills. Well, it, it like mirrors, it, it reflects every, the reason these movies are perfect, and I, I know we'll, 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 we'll have more criticisms when uh, the next trilogy comes, even, even I love those, but still, like these movies, <laughs> at every form of, produ- every part of production is perfect to, and it works, like the, if, if, it, if Hobbiton wasn't as quaint and beautiful and lovely as it is, then the whole, the movies wouldn't work, period. Because you need that experience of, I want to get back there. These, these, these battles are horrible. I mean, we love, they're epic and sweet, but like, they're, I, it, if you didn't love Hobbiton and want Frodo and his friends to go back there, then there's no point to these movies at all. It's not even like wanting them to go back there. It's the fact that it's at risk and like it's yes. going to be overtaken by what we are seeing our characters endure now. Like, we don't want that because it was such a, haven you know so i think that's what affects me more than like wanting to see them go back there it's just like i don't want this place to not exist anymore right and this is where the like the fact that tolkien was in world war one and was traumatized by all that the same way a lot of modernist writers in that period were affected sorry this is like my specialty um (laughs) but like the idea of like pastoral england and the the distance between what was happening in mainland Europe at the time and um, fighting to essentially, one could make the argument they were fighting to preserve um, uh, pastoral England and rural England and the natural world and stuff. And there was a whole lot. There's a whole lot of debate in the modernist um, literary movement about like World War One causing a rift between them, which you see uh, more in the Hobbit's return to the Shire and um, Return of the King. But if that doesn't, if they don't sell that, none of those themes work. Exactly. I just want to point out that they built that place, that set. Yeah. You know, and and it looks absolutely gorgeous. Like you want to stay there like forever. 
Like it completely. Uh, it's back to what you're saying. Like you, you want you. It needs to be saved. It is at risk. And look at this beautiful place. We cannot let this place burn. <laughs> exactly. We cannot let this place go under. We must salvage this at all times. Especially when they're celebrating birthdays and the hanging up of a sign makes somebody cheer so delightfully. <laughs> they're just like, look at that fucking sign. It's great. <laughs> like we're gonna have a birthday party soon. And you're just like, how could you not love these fucking critters? Like these hobbits are so great. Uh, they sell it right away. Bilbo was a fucking sass ball. Ian Holmes' narration is just perfect. I, I mean, it's because it's funny because like he's in this so little, really, which is more. You know, Bilbo's supposed to be not in it much, but like every moment he's in it, it's like, God damn it, I love Ian Holm. He's just perfect. Oh yeah, he gets all the mileage, man. He he kills it. Like for the amount of time he's on, he's on fire. You know, you really believe that, dude. Dude, when uh when fucking Gandalf calls him out. And he runs to his chest, like, crying, like, for, like, you know, <laughs> being so... That is the sweetest moment in the world. It, is, that is, it, it is. is. so sweet. He's like, I'm sorry, kind of like my friend. And you're just like, oh, my God, this movie, dude. It, it's just running on all cylinders in the opening, for, for sure. Okay, I want to talk about the casting. Okay? Um, yes. Elijah Wood as good old Frodo. Um, Love him. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, of course, at this point in, what, 2001... Uh, Elijah Wood was already like it wasn't like a a, a well known name, but people knew of him. He, I mean, uh, the star of The Good Son, for God's sakes. <laughs> but this is like his breakout role for sure, right? Oh, he, he, he oh, was yeah, also 100%. he was also in uh, the the faculty, right? Yeah. So he, I would I, I would say he was well known mainly because like he had just been consistently working since exactly. childhood. Yeah. Shout like, out anytime, to North. Gotta yeah, shout out I mean. North. Shout out to North, that weird ass Bruce Willis in a bunny suit movie. That's the (laughs) weirdest fucking thing. Uh, But anyway, like, he's always been working. So if you've rented a shit ton of movies or watched a fuck ton of movies, you knew who he was. Like, for sure. So to, but to see him land something this major, like, I mean, his intro is so special, guys. Like, him just chilling under that tree, like, reading, like, oh my god. Like, I wouldn't trade that for anything. I'm about to cry. (laughs) <laughs> it's so good. And just the way he runs up on his friend, you're late. <laughs> so he runs up on him. He's like, this is perfect, dude. Like, holy shit. And then the way he runs and jumps off that cliff to hug him, you're just like, this is the best fucking movie. Like, it's Ugh. it's running on all cylinders. Like, again, like, I went back to that phrase again, but it's true. It's like, you get you care about the casting. You care about, like, their interactions. You can tell there's history. Uh, look at this fucking Shire. Oh, my God. The Not to get ahead of myself again but like mm-hmm. i want to say fuck you to anyone who's always on that oh Fredo's not the real hero of middle earth bullshit because like obviously he couldn't have done it with his friends but like he has to bear the ring and so like seeing him so like chill under a tree just even like that imagery and then seeing what he becomes towards the end that's super important and it's like very minor detail but the power of it is right. ridiculous. Thank you. Yeah. All, jumping off that, fuck anyone who says Frodo doesn't suffer enough. I've heard that argument before, and it's crazy. I yeah, don't it's understand. Crazy it. pants. It's so crazy pants. Yeah, I've never, I've never, I've never heard that, which is crazy. Like he's not. Yeah, Frodo he, goes through the fucking ringer. A lot. Yeah. Try getting impaled by Shelob assholes. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> 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 right. so, fuck you all. Anyway, Rocky, you were saying. <laughs> 
no, no, that's it. I I agree. Like uh, Frodo definitely goes through it, and I've never heard that. I've never heard anybody say that. Who are you talking to? I'm like, uh, <laughs> I, here's the thing. I haven't talked to these people in ages, but I heard this argument once a couple years ago and proceeded to block and report. <laughs> I was gonna say you just cut them out. Cops of called. You just cut them yeah. out of your life forever. Yeah, good move. So while we're talking about casting, really quick. Um, the BBC did a radio production of Lord of the Rings uh, in 1981, uh, and does anybody know who played Frodo? Ian Holm. Yes. Oh, so yeah. Ian Holm that. has yeah. now played the two most important, two of the three most important hobbits in uh, Middle Earth history. Ian Holm. <laughs> he got, <laughs> it, right? he got it. Good job. <laughs> no, I mean that's 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 incredible. I love. I mean, and I'm sure. Peter Jackson was fully aware of that fact, you know, in 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 in, in the casting. So I mean, it yeah. Works. Uh, Peter Jackson said that he had one wish list. There was one person on his wish list to play Bilbo, and it was Ian Holm. Like before uh-huh. they even got greenlit, because that's what's so cool about these movies is they like basically started making them before they even had permission mm-hmm. to make them, which is awesome. Like it's so great. Oh, wow. They like basically made these as guerrilla films. Like they kind of made just. That's why he shot them in New Zealand, because it's so affordable to shoot it. So they basically could make this epic movie without necessarily knowing they were even going to get to make uh, finish all of them, which is crazy to me. Yeah. And can I just say, I don't know if it's because like I've been with these characters for like a huge part of my life, but I can I've always tried to come up with like another dream casting or like an alternate casting, and I cannot do it anymore. Like I am. Nope physically unable to there is nobody on this earth nobody who could have done gandalf the way that ian mckellen did gandalf there's no way nobody uh i mean another crucial casting decision um i actually don't know i mean i mean sam you would know because you just listened to the commentary I don't know how far, uh, I mean, was was that the top choice? I don't know if, like, Ian McKellen was... Uh, the, I didn't was get it? to that part, because they, they, talked, they talked about Ian Holm, but they, I think he was he was still one of their early guys, one of their, uh, or, like, I, I remember uh, Ian Holm, like, his first question was, uh, who's playing Gandalf? And so it was, like, I'm sure they obsessed over that. Um, but, like, yeah, I mean, Ian McKellen, for me, Ian McKellen is these movies. Like, yes, all of the casting right. is perfect. I, I think most of the casting is great. But, like, him alone, I mean, I can't, it's impossible. Uh, it's, he is these movies. Indelible, yeah. Like, mm-hmm. fl- flawless fucking casting. The voice, you know? He pulls you in. It's back to uh, Blanchett. It's like, it just pulls you in, man. Like, you, you're fucking it's on just, board. It's just, I don't, like, I, I need to sacrifice my life for the people who casted these people because, also, a little ahead of ourselves, but, like, Saruman could not have been casted more accurately. So, uh, Christopher Lee, I'm yeah, I'm pretty sure Christopher Lee wanted to be Gandalf initially. Yes, yes, I actually <laughs> did hear that. I did hear that. Yeah, yeah, uh, that is true. And then they were like, "How about you play the other wizard?" And he was like, "That's that works too. That's fine. Like as long as I'm involved, I don't care." Can you imagine yeah. the opposite? Like, I can't. I can't. I, like. It's an interesting thought exercise, but I don't think that would work. At all. Christopher Lee just exudes malice. <laughs> it's fucking Dracula. <laughs> and they're, uh, I'm pretty sure they're, they're like really good friends too. Uh, Ian McCullough yeah. and Christopher Lee like work together on stage a bunch and like they, it's one of those, they're perfect together and it's, uh, oh God. I'm just gonna, 
Uh, take a shot every time we say perfect. Uh, but- <laughs> You're dead. You're dead. Yeah, we would be dead for sure. Um, like, yeah, perfect casting of Christopher Lee. Um, the wizard fight, by the way, is fantastic because mm-hmm. I remember when I was watching it for the first time, I remember thinking, eh, this is just like Star Wars. They got force powers. They're pushing each other. And then there comes that moment where Christopher Lee grabs um, Ian McKellen's staff and he starts using both at the same time so and he starts to, and he's he starts to like warp and distort on the floor and spin in a circle and you're just kind of like i love this imagery like i remember thinking <laughs> i remember thinking that like okay this is a legit wizard fight like that looks mm. fucking, that looks great like his skeleton looks like it wants to rip out of his body i love this shit <laughs> like i was the happiest dude ever and you'll never forget like uh you know you've elected the way of pain like uh, i love that line as well a lot of good shit in that sequence yeah, so let's go. Let's go through more of this casting, okay? Let's let's keep using the word perfect. Um, <laughs> Sam, the character Sam, I mean. Um, <laughs> Samwise, I love you so My much. My little, I know. Sam I love Mike. him. So, uh, good old Sean Astin. Of course, at this point, everybody knows. Well, I mean, uh, uh, for, forgive me. The movie. Everybody calls him out on you know before this movie came out. Rudy. Rudy. Yeah. So, <laughs> of course. But Goonies and, and Rudy are probably the best known, you know, the, the ones that come to mind, like, right away. But yeah. he's definitely been in a lot of shit. This was my first exposure to him. Oh, Me too. Yeah. yeah. You've never seen Toy Soldiers? <laughs> B- bitch, I'm young. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you get a pass. <laughs> bitch, I'm young. That's the episode title of this of this one. Talk about Samwise Gamgee in this movie, guys. Perfect. Perfect. There we go. Drink. Yeah, Hard. drink. <laughs> He's the heart of the film. Yeah, and, and uh, it's not... Um, see, okay, me going through this for the first time, watching these movies, I had no idea, you know, the beats or where it was going. So I'm going to be honest. When I first watched this movie, with I thought Sam was kind of a, a, a pest. <laughs> and it wasn't until... Obviously, it wasn't until, you know... <laughs> You thought, you thought that Sam was what Pippin is? Yeah, a bit. Yeah. Get off this call Listen. now. Listen. <laughs> oh, my God. A pest. This, this is my role on the podcast, okay? Um, but then it wasn't until, what, like, like the Two Towers? The end of, the, the end of Two Towers. His, yep. his speech. Oh, God. I mean, yeah, not to I'm jump crying. ahead. Uh, it's one of the best things ever put on film, ever written down by anybody ever. And yeah, that's when I was like, "Oh, okay, he's an amazing character." But in this- it took three fucking movies for you to realize <laughs> no, that. No, that's the end of the second movie. So like a, a, a movie and a half, kind of. <laughs> but no, like this. I mean, when he first shows up, sure, he's he's lovable. But man, but he's written as kind of like a pest. Like you, you, you don't know exactly where you are with him. Okay, initially, I don't understand this line of thought. I just <laughs> me don't. neither. I don't because I never thought he was a pest. I mean, no. in the book, he's actually more pesty than he is here because he's very much like holier than thou. Like he has, he's like the only one who. I don't know. He's just the most like reasonable one. I feel like, but yeah. in the in the movie, I don't feel like he's like. He is that at all. I actually feel kind of bad for him when he's like, oh, this is the farthest I'll be away from home. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, that's... Like... He's pure. You know, yeah, he's that's so the, pure. That's the thing. He's just very pure. Like, like he means what he says. Like, he wears his yeah. heart on his sleeve, 100%. And he's always going to be there for his friend, you know? Sam, um, and, brave. Yeah, th- I think the, the, the ending is perfect. Like, you know, <laughs> just when he's just like, don't go where I can't follow. That whole shit is like, he means that shit. Like, I, I, I'm trying to 
get to your boat, asshole. <laughs> like, I'm going to drown. <laughs> he wasn't like, traveling know, like, no eaves, Marcelo, okay? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's just so pure. That's all I'm trying to say. Like, uh, I, I never really saw him as a pest. He was just That's so the title fu- of the podcast. <laughs> he was a hobbit. Sincere, Drop an eaves. Awesome. Drop an eaves. <laughs> no, I think the title of the podcast is Not to Get Ahead. <laughs> not, yeah. <laughs> not to get ahead of ourselves, but... And also perfect. Perfect the podcast. Yeah. These are all actors that we're, you know, familiar with, uh, at least a little bit. But the casting of, like, of Mary and Pippin is also great because... Perfect. It made their careers. I mean, that's... They were basically... I mean, yeah, they were just a couple of kids and, uh, you know... Uh, and I, I love Dominic Monaghan as Mary, I think. And I also... I, so, like, someone recently... You know, shit talked uh, Mary and Pippin, and I'm like, I can't do it, can't handle it. Uh, mainly because, it, but it's mainly due to if you look just at their what they do. Yeah, sometimes it's annoying, uh, but I think the uh, Billy Boyd and Dominic Monaghan are just so lovable that I can't help but be glad that they're there. And also, like a lot of the shit that so the film cannot progress the way that it does. If they didn't fuck up so many times. Exactly. You know what I mean? So they're kind of like tomfoolery has to happen. I don't know. It's it's the people that don't understand like plot drivers mm-hmm. hate Marion Pippen. And that's where I'm going to stop on that because I don't want to get too shady. <laughs> no, they're great, man. Like yeah. from, from when they steal the firework to... My personal favorite moment in the first film when Boromir falls and they just like have their swords in hand and they scream I'm and they dying. start running I'm into crying combat. Tears. Yeah. That that moment is perfect. Like that moment is fucking perfect. Like that is I will never trade that for anything in the world. And that's when I truly fell in love with those two characters. Like I was yeah. like I, I dug it, you know, and I liked them a lot, but that moment was incredible. And it and it goes to Return of the King when they're the first ones to run out. Like, after Aragorn says, for Frodo, you know, and they're just like, let's go, bitch! Like, like full tilt, like, little hobbits. And you're just like, let's go, dude. This movie forever. You know what I mean? There's all three of these movies, you know? And I mean, they've always been super proactive. Like, even in... Even at, like, Weathertop, they're they're right there. They got their swords out. They're ready to go. Yes. And the only reason they don't end up doing anything is because they get pushed aside by uh, the Witch King. Right. Also, um, not not to get ahead, but <laughs> like, I, I just Perfect. don't think people like can appreciate how far they've come because, like, again, seeing Pippin be the reason that like these guys get in so much trouble all the time, and then seeing him so like somber when he's singing Pippin's song, it's like heart wrenching to me. Like it's so sad because I just want so badly to him be for him to be like the old innocent Pippin who was just like fucking around all the time. But he's not that anymore. And then that's kinda like that's so crazy. It feels like you've spent a lifetime with them and I think that's the power of the film. So if you completely like want him to be like a badass from the get go, then that's just not effective at all. Yeah. And Billy Boyd's voice is just beautiful, but we'll get to we'll, yeah. <laughs> We'll, we will all weep over Billy Boyd's voice during the <laughs> second half of Return of the King. It's fine. Yeah. Anytime I slurp food and, you know, dribble food all over my mouth, I think of Billy Boyd. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, but I also love the... Uh, we'll, you know, we'll get more to the cast when they show up later, but uh, the, the tone of these films, the way... Yeah, it's like really... Uh, the way that, again, we nailed Hobbiton being 
uh, peaceful and simple. And but the way the dread starts pulling in with the mm-hmm. uh, you know Bilbo acting suspicious and uh, the way he's, I mean that scene uh, probably my favorite scene of this film is uh, Bilbo and Gandalf uh, before right before Bilbo leaves. Uh, just the lighting is per- is amazing. Uh, shout out to the late great Andrew Lesney. Um, but like just the them together in that as the the real stakes of the film, the trilogy show up is just it's incredible. Yeah, it's it's all lighthearted and fun. But then once uh, Bilbo disappears, Gandalf gets that moment of like, oh the fuck's going on here and then yeah and then it, it the tone balances so perfectly because like yeah we're having fun guys but then also it's the worst thing ever <laughs> it's it's the ring so i love that whole mystery aspect of it and then once you know what's happening once like one of my favorite moments in this first part is when uh gandalf is like uh, go ahead and touch it it's ice cold and then he holds it up by the fire and he's like oh uh, no, there's a moment of like, oh, there's nothing on the ring, Gandalf. And Gandalf's like, phew, dodged a bullet there. And then uh, uh, Frodo's like, oh, wait. And he's like, awful. Oh, man, that look on, yeah, that Ian McKellen, god damn it. What a, I mean, how is he, uh, there's a reason he's one of the greatest actors of all time. Just that look on his, of like, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine Gandalf saying that? <laughs> oh, fuck. Yeah, I mean, he comes close a few times <laughs> when he's given Pippin some shit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Poor Pippin. So, so, at this point, right, mm-hmm. he gets the ring, mm-hmm. and then he tells him, like, hey, you gotta get rid of it, you know, so you and Sam, like, go on this shitty quest. <laughs> like, you gotta shoot, shoot him out the door, but then the way the, uh, the, the riders start coming into town is what I want to kind of get at. Yeah. Like, all that stuff to me is like some of the best imagery in the movie man from from yeah. them bending over that hill and the bugs coming out of the ground to like them breaking into the inn and you see the innkeeper crying and like the swords going into frame you know yeah. like as yeah. they breach as they're breaching the inn all that stuff is so like incredible to me just the the the, the, the gauntlets they're wearing like everything just sticks out it's, it has such fucked up imagery the horses you just get it you're just like, oh man, this is bad. Like all, the, the ring is steeped in evil. <laughs> like the, the ring is just like teeming with evil. Yeah, all of the stuff with the Nazgul just reminds you that oh yeah, Jackson did low budget horror before this. <laughs> yep, yeah. yep, yep. Woof. Can you That's, fucking believe yeah. that shit? How do you go? Like, how- I'm not even gonna go into it until we talk about the appendices. Yeah, but right, yeah. it's crazy. Yeah, yeah I'm I marvel at the fact that like I, I've. I grew up on Meet the Feebles, Bad Taste, and all that stuff, and knew he was splatter crazy and, you know, dead alive, you know, or brain damage, it's called, in some places. Yeah. And some countries. But, man, I was shocked. Like, you know, and when I saw the first trailer for Fellowship, I remember thinking, like, it was what Sam Raimi did with Spidey. It's like they trusted, Mm -hmm. you know, somebody... You know, who's known for crazy shit with something very huge, <laughs> something very important, and uh, he still gets his jollies. Though that's the funny mm-hmm. thing. It's like you can. Still, it's what you just said, Harrison. It's like, oh yeah, this motherfucker did crazy shit. You know, right. <laughs> like this guy. Did, this guy did super crazy, gory stuff, and like he's gonna sneak some in there. I, yeah, I, you should take a shot for every decapitation that's in the Lord of the Rings. Actually, <laughs> like, he, he, he gets them off in the Hobbit trilogy. He mm-hmm. gets a ton off in these two. Like people get beheaded 
in, in these movies. It's great. Yeah, I think but, I think I think he goes super far in the last Hobbit movie so far that the extended cut is like R rated, right? Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. It is. <laughs> Which is bonkers to think about. Right. There's not like a lot of blood in this though, right? Isn't no. that crazy? Like how the violence is so intense, but like I don't remember. Well, I can. Yeah, what, it's orc blood. blood. That that's the cheat. Yeah, uh, the MPAA you cannot you can't splatter red everywhere. Yeah, it's black. So you're you're yeah. you're gonna have to trim exactly. your film. But if you're spraying blue, you're spraying green or any like muted color, you can get mm-hmm. away with shit mm-hmm. like that. Interesting. And, and they are fairly small spurts. It's not like. It's not like outrageous. Tarantino. It's not like dead alive. It's not like it's not <laughs> the end of Django. It's, yeah, it's fairly. <laughs> all the blood splatters are fairly muted. And honestly, yeah. it's it's still so, so haunting because like one scene that sticks out to me, one moment is when the Nazgul are riding, and some guy, some villagers, like, "Hey, what's going on?" He gets sliced in half by their by uh, by a sword, and it's like, okay, that just happened. <laughs> and yeah, again, like Iraqi made a good point. It's when like you get like somebody like Sam Raimi doing Spider-Man, like big budget filmmaking. He still adds those layers of like his own unique style in this, and mm-hmm. you see it right away. And for me, uh, when I w- when I saw this movie for the first time, I had only known Jackson from like the Frighteners, and I love the Frighteners. So even seeing that and then going to this, I'm like, oh, I see what's going on here, and I dig it. So <laughs> yeah, and it just made me think, that especially during these night scenes. I'm like, I turned to my brother while rewatching it this time, and I'm like. Do you remember when blockbusters had cinematography? Like, remember? Do you remember when they were interesting to look at? Like, I mean, I, and I, I'm a little more forgiving than some people are on, on film Twitter for that. But like, still, when you watch these, you're like, my God! I mean, it's ma- and it's mainly because Jackson they made these almost as like independent art house dramas with, at, but then also and, or horror movies, but they're also just they just have a huge budget, you know. Yeah, so. Shout out to Peter Jackson eating a carrot, by the way. And one of those <laughs> yep. I love his yes. cameo. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Yeah. He, he has a cameo in each film, right? Yes. Yep. Yep. So he's the, uh, back to you know, TFS Assemble, we always had the Stanley cameo shout out. Now we'll have the, Jackson <laughs> the Peter Jackson cameos. cameo. Yeah, so there you go. Um, okay, so that's where we are in the story. The Nazgul are after them. Why don't we get into another bit of casting? Uh, good old Viggo Mortensen. Oh. oh my god, he's so and good. He, he was a recast, as y'all know. The best recast possible. Stuart Townsend, right? Stuart, yeah, Stuart Townsend. Townsend. Wow. Yeah. Of what? Curse of the uh, Queen of the Damned fame? Queen of the Damned. <laughs> <laughs> Damned. Would not have worked. Yeah, uh, he was too young, I think. They needed yeah. somebody a little more rugged, you know? And I think Vigo was perfectly cast. It's like, yes. I just want to say, fuck that they didn't cast Mr. Townsend, <laughs> because that would have been a nightmare for me. It would have ruined the movies, actually. <laughs> Yeah, honestly, well, it's, the, the movies. Yeah, it's the line of, uh, you know, uh, feel, uh, look fairer, feel fouler. Like, that's what uh, yeah. Bilbo says, or Frodo says about, uh, you know, an agent of the enemy would, you know, look fairer. Look fairer. So, like, the fact fouler, that he's this yeah. grungy uh, guy, but then as we get to know his character more, like that scene, uh, man, the friendship between Frodo and uh, Aragorn just breaks my heart because they're so wonderful together but they're barely they only have like three scenes three or they only have a handful of scenes together but it makes it all the more uh meaningful but so that scene with them uh you know as everyone's sleeping and they're both awake and he hears uh aragorn singing and like the just the tragedy of aragorn and the or the the uh aching longing of his character that he's really you know he's a badass and he's destined to be king but at the same time, he's just this, you know, vulnerable, 
loving guy. It's just, it's incredible. I think it's, on a thematic level, I think it's really interesting that the way we're introduced to, like, three of the elder characters in this, we got Bilbo, we got Gandalf, and we got Aragorn, and within a couple scenes of meeting them, we see, we all see them ruminating on their own ends. That scene with, um, Bilbo and Gandalf sitting on the porch of Bag End smoking, and Bilbo blows the smoke ring, and Gandalf blows a gray ship. Uh, they're ruminating on, like, what's going to be the end of them, and Aragorn's doing the exact same thing because he can't help but envision his relationship with Arwen is doomed. And if they have a relationship, <laughs> she is going to have to die. That's fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. I have That's my own thoughts deep, on that that we'll deep, get into later. Deep yeah. love. Hey, I just want to point out real quick before we move on. Uh, I think him chilling in the corner smoking that uh, pipe is one of the best images in the fucking planet. Uh, <laughs> I think it's such an interesting interesting way to, to like introduce him. Like, I, I love the, the lighting on that sequence so much. I oh, just, that, that shot of his eyes? Like, just, yeah, just his just, eyes? Just him, it makes me want to smoke all kinds of shit. Like, it's amazing. <laughs> like, it's, it's, just, it's perfect. It's absolutely my only, perfect. My only thing is, and I'm ready to get fucking added, but I feel like when we're introduced to him at first... That like Strider that we know just, just disappears after a while, and then yes. like he's this like tender, like really noble guy all of a sudden. I'm just like, hold on, I want to spend more time with Strider. <laughs> yeah, it, it's one of those things where like, yeah, it's because it's for the sake of a movie. But yeah, I mean, I'd love to see uh, more of a movie with him like that. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. A, a prequel, perhaps, um. or like kind of sprinkle like the Strider personality throughout the fucking trilogy here and there obviously but like it's like two different characters to me sometimes but yeah but i remember in two towers when aragorn's like i'm 85 i'm like i remember going like what the fuck when i was a kid like (laughs) holy shit like that's amazing like i mean how does he look so good at this age like that shit blows my mind yeah i mean obviously like when i first watched this i didn't like understand why he looked like this at 85 yeah, so i was yeah. still like mind blown i was like wow this is not good casting <laughs> <laughs> but eventually i realized what happened oh uh, i i should say this is just another quick tidbit uh daniel day lewis nicholas cage vin diesel auditioned russell crowe oh my god um so yeah so a few names flowing around uh of course Stuart townsend was cast and then jackson realized he was too young so they recast him uh, Damn, with, that sucks. Uh, Viggo Mortensen. <laughs> so, just, so, real quick, did you guys ever see the Ralph Bakshi cartoon, Lord of the Rings? Yes. Yeah. Like, you ever notice Aragorn in that? He feels like a lot, a, a much older gentleman. You know what I'm saying? And what's weird is like Peter Jackson cited that as influence. Is like that that cartoon was like the shit to me. And like, why would why would we go with such a young Aragorn? Is my thing. It's like you saw. The old crusty dude in the Bakshi cartoon. I mean, when you say old crusty dude, it was John Hurt in the cartoon. So that dude, even when he was young, has sounded old and crusty. <laughs> My, there, I think there it's a thing of what. Also, part of it's like they still need an actor who can kick ass. Like because they mm-hmm. they're going full. I mean, because it's another thing is like these movies go obviously go full into the action, especially the uh, next two. But I mean, I don't know. I get I but I get it that they yeah Stuart Townsend would have been just wrong on every level but uh it's another thing where i can't i've spent so much time with these movies that i can't imagine 
anyone different in any in <laughs> almost any of the roles. So, so they have their fight. Uh, excuse me, where's the location with the um, Nazgul on on top of that? Uh, Weather's hot. There Weather's you hot. go. Thank you guys. Um, and poor old Frodo gets gets a stabbing, gets stabbed. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, <laughs> Rocky cracking up. <laughs> so, t- talk about the sequence because here's where we're introduced to Liv Tyler's character. Again, another bit of casting. Liv Tyler, who doesn't love her? I love her to death. Um, at this point in my life, I hate hate her. What? <laughs> no, I, I'm just I'm just gonna go ahead and fucking say it. I hate movie Arwen so oh, okay. much. Okay, proceed. We'll talk about it later. Thank you. The heartbreaking thing is that, like, it was almost Ashley Judd, uh, but then fucking, we weren't talking about the wines. The, uh, the thing that I want to cross out from every copy of the DVD, uh, the Weinstein <laughs> names, but uh, I just, and I, I like Liv Tyler's Arwen, but, like, I could, I think Ashley Judd, because the fact that she's also just closer in age to uh, Vigo would have just been great, but uh, go ahead, Allie. Sorry. I just think, um, it's just like when you have Arwen and then you have like Eowyn, it's really hard for me to like <laughs> Arwen, who's like, I want to sacrifice myself for a man. <laughs> and then you have like Eowyn, who's like, all right, cool. He doesn't love me. Whatever. Fuck you. Like, I'm still going to fucking kill someone who no man could kill. Like, it's just hard for me to like totally love Arwen the way that I usually would have. But whatever. I do love Liv Tyler. Very is, much is as it, Arwen. Is it because um, the way she's written on screen is is she written differently in the books? <laughs> Isn't Arwen that, hardly that, a character that, in the books? That implies yeah. she had any writing in the books. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they basically they get to Rivendell. Elrond points at Arwen and goes, "You'll put a baby in that one day." And Aragorn <laughs> goes, "Yeah, all right." And then they go off on their adventures. <laughs> Yeah, uh, we we love Tolkien, but yeah, he uh, <laughs> women stuff not not so great. No, not at my 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 thing is this: like, I have no attachment to it whatsoever, and so I, I'm watching this movie like thinking, oh wow, Liv Tyler does look like a fucking elf, and yeah, she can kind of like cry on command, and like like she's killing it. Like, I, so I thought she was perfect. Like, I in will all say, of these the Arwen cry is amazing, and like, mm-hmm. I just oh my god, I just don't like her character because how could you? I mean, she's a badass. She fucking saves Frodo, but she's not Eowyn. Yeah. Come and yeah. claim him, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, that's my sequence, too. Um, that that, that I, Her whispering that spell, like, I don't know. There's something about, like, I think she killed it. Like, yeah. Uh, she she got a lot out of this el- this elf character, I think. And it, she, I, I believed her. I liked her. Yeah, really yeah. I mean, I'm not, like, I'm not criticizing her performance. Her performance was amazing she's so beautiful and she's like she feels like fantastical she, she's so beautiful but like it's just on a personal I, I level can't for you like just, her character yeah. i just can't like the character <laughs> they we will talk about this in i will talk about this at least in four episodes time when we get to helm's deep but <laughs> they made some changes to helm's deep um that would have been better had not they changed them that will definitely make more sense when you talk about that. <laughs> yep. Yeah, very cryptic, sir. I don't <laughs> want to get ahead of ourselves. <laughs> That's a perfect name for for the podcast. Again, again. Um, okay, so jumping ahead. Uh, so yes, Frodo. I, ge- I guess we're we're, at, we're in the final moments of this first half, aren't we? 
Uh, or... We're getting there. Like he's about to get healed. He's, he's about to get like some uh, you know some elf juice in his shoulder. Mm, elf right. juice. Elf juice. <laughs> elf elf herbs are stuffed inside the cut. That's mm, right. And... <laughs> Elf lemons are squeezed into the... <laughs> the mental image that that procured inside of me was not pleasant. <laughs> Gotta get that the... elf juice. Elf juice Here comes the Tolkien erotica uh, podcast. <laughs> no, what they do, what they do, check it out. They, they like chew it up in their mouth and then they spit it into the wound and then wrap it with elf leaves, whatever those are. Oh, Christ. <laughs> Spit on me, Elron Daddy. Yes. <laughs> saliva. Elf saliva. Don't fucking knock it until you try it. Can we can we track back a little bit just a sec where uh when Frodo, you know, gets the ring we 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 skipped over the fact that Frodo uh the ring lands on Frodo's finger after Gandalf told him never to put it on. But that fucking the eye of Sauron talking at him, oh my god, it's just the most mm-hmm. incredible fantasy imagery ever put on film. Some of, oh, the, yeah. some of the stuff in movies, like the uh, there's no life in the void. Holy shit, that's like, it's just metal as fuck. I love it. It takes you there. And it's super impressive because like honestly, even like the Lord of the Rings games that do that stuff don't even come close to how metal it is in the film. Like the films are the only ones that have been able to do it correctly. The so games fucking are metal. not even close. This yeah. is so metal. This is like I mean, fucking Led Zeppelin is out here like <laughs> writing songs about Lord of the Rings, and so I think honestly, Peter Jackson might have taken some inspo from their own fucking music. Like it's just so oh, yeah. referential; it's crazy. And just the sound design and the the music coming together. I mean, we'll we'll have a, we might, we'll have to have a whole episode on the music because Howard Shore, Jesus just, Christ, <laughs> my father, my, oh my biological God. father. <laughs> it, it sells that whole um it's it gives you like another set of rules for the film because you know that that's something a character can do like you saw um the, at the birthday party bilbo disappears or disappears and then we see frodo accidentally go through that shit and again it sounds distorted fucked up crazy and you know you're in a different plane or mm-hmm. realm and um <laughs> check it out Harrison, you're gonna hate me, but uh, <laughs> in Destiny, there's God damn it. <laughs> we go we go into ascendant yeah. realms sometimes, yeah. and every time we go into the ascendant realm, my brain thinks of the Lord of the Rings. So visually, uh, it's one of those amazing right. like cues that happens. You know that you're Love just that. like, damn it, man, so metal. <laughs> I mean, that's also because the ascendant realm is specifically styled after that sort of thing, with like the pulling <laughs> at the edge of everything and the color scheme and everything. Sorry, mm-hmm. we, will, we will not talk about Destiny every episode, I promise you. I can't maintain that promise. <laughs> I have my doubts. Yeah, it's Marcelo gonna happen died. every episode. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm gone. Uh, this is my ghost now hosting a podcast. Guardian down. <laughs> God damn it. Um, okay. Howard Shore, I I love the guy. And and Ali, were you just saying like that? Uh, that he's my biological father. Yes, also this is that. The confession. And you <laughs> and uh, you you have a uh, concerning hobbits as a ringtone. Hell yeah! Yeah. People think it's the Titanic theme song all the time, uh-huh. and I'm like, fuck yeah, off. What the fuck. <laughs> God damn it! I had I had Howard Shore's uh, the 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 Departed Tango as my alarm for like. 10 years so and then you hate started to hate it a little bit because yeah. now every time somebody calls me i'm like oh fuck this song again and then and then every time i i, I listen to the movie and get to the end credits where that song plays for the departed i'm like oh i have to wake up oh no i'm just watching a movie anyway <laughs> um that's just a side side anecdote um okay so where are we now in the story uh oh you know is there any do do, do we want to get to the casting 
of the rest of the fellowship since we're h- heading towards the end? Do we want to oh, talk about fuck? Yes. <laughs> oh, before before the fellowship, how about Hugo Weaving? Okay, we're Fucking introduced Elrond. to him. Yeah, so good. Yeah, my I I love him so much. He's so the good. only elf that is okay. I'm just gonna keep it real. The only elf that is better cast than him and Galadriel is. In the Hobbits, we'll get there. I'm not even going to say it, but you guys know what I'm about yes. to say. Yes, yes. <laughs> it's, it's, it's that's a cliffhanger for what five episodes, six episodes from now. Yes. <laughs> yeah. No. I if if you're talking about who I think you're talking about, who, you're who am I talking correct. about? Who am I talking about? Who am I talking about? Um, Just reveal it. Go ahead. <laughs> you're talking about Lee Pace, right? Oh uh, fuck yes, I am. Yeah. <laughs> like duh. <laughs> oh my god, what an angel anyway yes um but elrond is perfectly cast i don't again i cannot imagine anyone else as elrond at all like i'm trying right now and i can't figure anything out well the great thing to me is that like at this point i knew really only know hugo weaving as uh as bad guys so like the fact that he's yeah uh as elrond is uh also but it's also like it also kind of works because elrond's super intimidating especially in this first in these movies but like uh but also just super regal as fuck. Mm-hmm. I love Hugo Weaving so much. I think everybody... Can we, can we just talk about also, like, I know nobody's going to want to hear about this, but can we talk about how the elves, their weaves are laid? Like, their extensions? <laughs> oh, so my... Good. Like, I, I think I'm subconsciously growing out my hair so that it could be better than Orlando Bloom's. <laughs> 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 it's ridiculous. They look so good. I guess we, uh, we can also talk about like um, how we discussed uh, Hobbits, and we can talk about the elf world here, how it's presented, how it's laid out. Um, I'm sure people like Harrison has has thoughts on it, right, Harrison? Uh, I mean, I guess, yeah. No, <laughs> I'm tossing is, it to you. <laughs> Rivendell is pitch perfect. Like I oh know we God. keep saying yeah. things are perfect, but like it is how I was envisioning it when I read. Um, the books for the first time but like that's also that's a bit of a recursive thing because I had seen the trailers by the time I had read was reading the books because it was the only way I was ever going to see the movies at that point in my life uh, was to read the books at age seven thanks dad um, <laughs> so like I just it's it's really hard to talk about the design of these movies without being hyperbolic because they got the two du- the two guys uh, who illustrated yeah yeah John copy- Howard and Lee yeah, yeah the like smartest fucking move ever like when you are hiring the people that literally created the f- the physical representations of this world to work on the production design of your film it is going to be exactly what you think it's going to be mm-hmm. because they're the ones that create my my language is getting recursive and hyperbolic again because like <laughs> they made all of the correct decisions in production like there's no other way to say it it's yeah and that but just that uh that first shot of rivendell holy god like the mm-hmm. the the it's a fucking painting i mean they i think they i feel like they had to have used i don't think that's cgi i think that's I, i'm not super well read but like it looks like a, a painting and it's just mm-hmm. stunning and Rivendell is just I mean and then the music swell like the god I mean there's really no way to compare Howard Shore's work is just on another level because it every theme is just like a different it, it you it's instantly recognizable it transports you to that 
uh, whatever you know location you're in or what characters you're dealing with, and it's just it's gorgeous. Yeah, the colors are just fucking incredible. Like it feels like a, it feels like a beautiful, like a wonderfully sunny day, but it's always autumn. Like with the leaves and <laughs> yeah, everything oh God, and the right. color palette. And it's not even Mirkwood. Like Mirkwood is even more so that. But this yeah. feels like it's like you're opening a storybook, and it's like just an illustration. It's gorgeous. It's it's breathtaking. Actually, I have no idea how the yeah. fuck they accomplished this. And like yeah. we don't get right. that anymore. When you have more abilities to do something like that, now it's crazy. Right. And like Rocky said, the idea that it's like a storybook that's always autumn. That ties back into the thematic waxing and waning of the elves and how they see themselves as on the way out. Uh, and it gets progressively more autumnal as the films progress when we cut back to Rivendell and there's like leaves falling and uh, getting barer because their it's the, their time is done. They need to leave, so right. it's reflected in the architecture and the design and the lighting and just everything there. Right, which brings me back to uh, the, the when uh, Frodo and Sam see the... Uh, the wood elves, you know, not wood morning, elves. Like, oh my god, the light, like the, it's like all dark, but there's that white glow to it. Yeah, and it's just ethereal yeah. and just trapped and like foreshadowing, really melancholy. Mm-hmm. It's so beautiful. Yeah, it does bug me that they call them wood elves because they're not wood elves. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> they're not. No, they're 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 hobbits. They don't know. They 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 don't, they don't know. I know, but like. They're not wood elves just because they are in the woods when you see them. They are high elves leaving Rivendell for the Grey Havens. They're not right. Mirkwood elves. Listen, those hobbits, <laughs> Sam and uh, Frodo in the woods, they're wood hobbits to me, okay? So, yes. Jeepers creepers. I uh, hear until Allie they're mountain laugh. hobbits hear, later on. Yeah, they're mountain I hobbits. I hear Allie laughing at me. Snow hobbits. No, I'm just laughing because I just hobbits. imagine, like, Harrison on set, like, correcting <laughs> Peter Jackson and shit. Like, actually, I would leave that out. No, I'm the fucking worst. I am awful, and I'm about to go off on Elrond as well for his fucking bad decision-making, so it's fine. <laughs> well, hey, real quick, before you go off on Lord Elrond, I have to bring something up with Hugo Weaving. One, he's great. Uh, he's always has been great. And I have to bring up this old film that he was in. Um, I just want to make two points. Like, I love the fact that this production is New Zealand slash Australian, so you get a lot of Australian talent and a lot of Kiwis in this film. So, like, they're laced, like, all the wonderful talent. And Hugo Weaving has always been dope. He always had, like, you know, Agent Smith tucked away as one of the best villains slash, like, weird characters ever. Like, it's perfect. He's perfect in the Matrix trilogy. Like, you cannot have that without him, right? But you need to go backwards and watch this film from 1994 called uh, The Adventures of Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. Where he plays, yes. where he's yeah. a drag queen, but he's also on the road with like two transgender uh, people as well. So it's like so progressive and smart. And it came out like in '94, dude. Like this movie is incredible. Don't sleep on it, especially if you're a fan of Hugo Weaving. Try to seek it out as best you can. It's so good. There you go. Uh, a Rocky pick. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I think we're going to touch on the casting of the rest of the fellowship now. Yes. Uh, so Sean Bean first, right? Oh yes, Sean Bean. Oh my God, Sean Bean! Why the Bean? fuck didn't he get an Oscar? It's probably because they didn't release the extended edition. Yeah, because, because holy shit, there's a scene with the scenes with him and Aragorn are yeah, so yeah. incredible. Yeah. Oh my God! I mean, especially that him picking up Narsil is great, but there's another scene later where he like uh, where he talks about what 
No, we'll talk about that in the next one. Okay, but still, he's great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, we, we we're not going to touch on what's in the theatrical versus extended. But yeah, right. I do I do remember in the in this extended cut. Yeah, that that scene with uh, Sean Bean and Viggo Mortensen. Right, you don't see that in the theatrical. And it's it's a it's a great inclusion because the more Sean Bean the better, and the extended version does him a lot of service. Uh, Sean Bean's uh, character. Yeah. I, it's I, just like the theatrical cut makes him look like a straight up asshole, <laughs> minus <laughs> minus like a lit like a few tidbits, but like until you really end, see yeah, him until develop the end, until his final scene. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Which kind of feels weird, right? It's like oh, suddenly he has this change of heart, but like the reality is he's always been like we see a lot of his like daddy issues and not really daddy issues like obviously there's family tension here yeah and you you get to sympathize with him way more than you do in the theatrical so yeah right which Bean, also i'm comes sorry up, sweetie right which we'll, and we'll talk about it because he shows up in the two towers extended edition to mm-hmm. that uh flashback scene which I, again why was that not in there okay i'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I just read a crazy little tidbit off of Wikipedia that says Bruce Willis expressed interest in the role of Boromir. Uh, mm. that, that would be gross. That would nuts. No. Yikes. Can you guys imagine Bruce Willis with hair? Because I can't. Uh, <laughs> I would have no. hated that. Yeah. It would have been, weird, <laughs> would have been t- oh. Ugh. No, yeah. it's fine. No. We, 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 the, the Jackson and Walsh knew what they're doing. <laughs> yeah. Okay, uh, that was Sean. Uh, 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 any more kind of words on Sean Bean b- b- before we move on to? I would love to I watch would... a movie where he doesn't fucking die in the first. <laughs> but he act. dies so fucking well. Uh, he That's does kinda, die yeah, well. Yeah. He does. That's kind of like the running gag with him, of course. But I think, like, at the end of the day, like, he's wonderfully cast, and it's one of those things where, like, it's it's how he played it, man. Like, I wouldn't trade like his redemption for anything in the world, and also like the whole bit where. Frodo drops the ring in the snow and there's that that angle of like the ring being so close into frame and everyone just kind of arced up the mountain and the way he picks it up and holds it in his hand like all these moments matter and I think Sean like totally mm-hmm. sells it he completely sells it um, so props to him for getting like you know a, a one and done role and getting so much mileage out of it you know and how many times have you seen online like one does not simply walk into Mordor it's like that thing was like it blew up like from the moment he said it to like you know it's like became a thing it was crazy and it's like I get what you're saying because it's like it's such a fucking disposable line but like why did this one get so blown up and it's because his delivery was fucking perfect yeah (laughs) exactly and oh speaking of delivery being perfect and again we'll get to it that we have a cave troll is still one of the best things in the world. Like, yes, the, yes, They yes. have a cave troll. That is one <laughs> of the have best things troll. ever because he says it like, I've seen him a million times, but the audience member has not. And I love that, like, so much. He just has that, like, fuck. Like, oh, fuck, tank. I want to watch it again, and I just watched it. Like, it's ridiculous. <laughs> episode two, guys, episode two. <laughs> yeah, episode yeah, two. We'll, we'll get to it. I'm just saying fucking Sean Bean is wonderfully cast. And even Can't in that... Wait. Even in that sequence when they're talking about what to do with the ring, you know, it's great. And even before that, when he's touching, like, the, the shards of the sword, you yeah. know, the, the pieces of it, like, he's a busted dude, man. There, there's something going on, like, you know, behind his uh, brain. Like it, <laughs> it's, cra- years yeah. of it's crazy to me that Sean Bean literally just speaks in Oscar monologues for this entire movie. <laughs> <laughs> Right, and didn't get one. Right. Didn't. Uh, we'll, can we wait to talk about the Oscar stuff for Return of the King? Because I'm sure. going to go. I'm, I'm, yeah, 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 yeah. Marcelo knows my opinions on the Oscars. 
Oh <laughs> yeah. Um, we'll, we'll have a special segment uh, for Return of the King with the Oscars. Uh, about John Rhys Davies as Gimli. Unbelievable! Mm. I love I love mm. him so much. Uh, the, Nobody they got like they got like this big you know this big dude that we know is you know fucking Sala from uh, Raiders <laughs> and that like he's the uh, they get him to be a dwarf and it's like but it's great it's perfect because dwarfs yeah. are they're short but they're also. I mean, Big. they're warriors. You know, they're they're miners. Yeah. They're warriors. They're tough dudes. So it's I great. don't know if we spoke about this in the first episode, but like Gimli, to me, is the most like the character I identify with the most, minus the racism. But um... <laughs> thank you. Minus the racism. <laughs> well, you know that's that just makes John Reese Davies even more perfect casting. <laughs> exactly. What, what does that mean? Because <laughs> he's Dude, not he's a little he problematic. Okay. John Reese Davies really does not like them moose lambs. Okay, I didn't know that. Okay. <laughs> well, now my heart hurts, you guys. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> we don't. We, we don't gotta even talk he's about. He's fucking him. great in this. <laughs> well, he he's just so angry and like hostile all the time, but he's very very warm and he like loves his friends and so i'm like getting emotional right now because i just love his the way that he performs this especially like his interactions with legolas and stuff like they're my favorite parts of the whole honestly Perfect. they are my favorite part of the whole trilogy yeah they're so cute next to each other man like the whole like how about how about fighting alongside a friend that, that what is the line forgive me like it's it, like who knew i would die or something like alongside an elf or something and then he said about, something like what about dying side by side with a friend yeah yes yes I, yes I, I could do that it's magic like that i love that stuff man and like, like they're always like oh the fight i know we're not there yet but like how they try to like outnumber each other when with their <laughs> yeah. kills and then he fucking kills like the oliphant or whatever and a stolen counts as one yep <laughs> it's so Perfect. bad they're, they're amazing and you know that's why i kind of like i like and this will like segue mm-hmm. into the Legolas casting. He gets a lot of shit because Orlando Bloom, while he does a stare into the distance, but like I like that juxtaposition because Gimli is so fucking not that, and they just complement each other really well. Yes. Right. So, so how about Orlando? How yeah, do you feel Orlando. about? How Orlando, about the Bloom? He is my f- okay, my second childhood crush, and but my mm-hmm. most powerful childhood crush because <laughs> of this fucking movie. Okay. So good. I will fight to the death because I know nobody likes him as fucking Legolas. And I'll be honest, I didn't love him until The Hobbit. I loved him as Legolas in The Hobbit. Okay. And I'll fight. Okay, I'll take that. Okay. <laughs> I've, always, I've always loved him. I had no attachment again, like, either way. So he was my elf. Like, he was my Legolas, for better or worse. And I like him in all three of these movies. Like, I think Legolas is fantastic. The first time... Um, he like remember when the horse like runs up behind him and he just like grabs it and flips on yeah, it like, God, like yeah. so unnaturally i remember when i first saw that thinking like that was fucking great like that was like next <laughs> level weird like you can't do that like what the fuck what but elves can do that like way to go orlando bloom so i don't know i think he i think he rocked it like as this i'm assuming character, elves like, are your favorite rocky i'm, I'm kind of going hard for elves i guess like yeah, yeah you really are they, they, well, they really got the archery shit down. They got well, again no, surfing down the how, stairs yeah, down. Yeah, I love the idea. Liv Tyler are supposed to be like they're not really part of the world. You know, they don't feel part of the world anymore. And so I think that's why it's always great that like even when he's a little, there's some of his lines like it just works, especially yep. in the later movie, especially in Helm's Deep. Uh, I think he's great. Him and Aragorn 
Uh, I think they sell that friendship that yes. uh, that they ha- have that trust together works really well. Rocky, I have to ask you, like that. Oh, well, you guys will obviously know too. But that moment you're talking about, Rocky, I remember it so well. Was that Two Towers when like Legolas jumps up on that horse like that? Cause, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes, it, it, was. it is Two Towers. I mean, I jumped ahead, but no, it's no, just no. one of those like, like, oh, holy shit! Like the elves are dope. <laughs> yeah, because I, I yeah. the the times I saw that in a theater, like every time that happened, my audience was just like. It was, it was like excitement with like laughter, like it, it, like same reaction I had. It's like what? That's amazing and also totally insane. But I buy it, so I love that moment. Is what I'm saying. And I, I've I've always loved Orlando Bloom, like in in pretty much like all, all you know early 2000 stuff, like this parts of the Caribbean. Like I kind of want him to have like a resurgence nowadays because like he mm-hmm. has like this. It's like yeah, he he's got a pretty face, but I like him as an actor too. You know, it's because he's just a pretty boy that everybody hated him back then, and I'm still they they still do. So it's just odd the hatred is what I'm saying. So, uh, so I, th- I think that's all the cat. Oh, well, no, we don't even we don't meet Kate Blanchett yet, do we? Nope, no, she's not until the part no, two. No, nope. not until nope, part two. Half. Nope, saving that. Um, have we talked enough about Christopher Lee as as Saruman? We 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 touched it. We on never briefly. could. We never. No, could. but I want to. Yeah, I want th- Thank you for bringing that up because I want to yeah. bring. In my notes, I wrote down that there's this shot of uh, first. There's the perfect shot of uh, his tower uh, when they mm-hmm. go in when he goes to Isengard. Uh, I can't. I can never remember the name of the actual tower. Enlighten me, Harrison. Or thank. There you go. Uh, but there's the, so the <laughs> shot of uh, first of all of just Gandalf like doing the research earlier, and then but then showing up at. So there's a shot of uh, where it cuts into uh, when they're in the tower. Uh, there's this shot, this quick tracking shot down the hall. Zoom in close to, or right, you know, right in close to Christopher Lee is probably my favorite shot in this entire movie. It's just so uh, awesome and uh, unsettling, and that you're starting to realize that, like, oh shit, maybe Gandalf should be wary of this old dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just wanted to mention again how Christopher Lee is like he's a legendary actor, always been. Always has been up until this point too, and just him cast uh, him being cast as a as a big bad guy in this it's perfect. And every Didn't moment he's in he's uh perfect. Go, go ahead. I'm saying perfect isn't way too much. There, isn't there like a an anecdote that he told Peter Jackson that that's not what like a guy sounds like when he's being killed or something? Yeah, yes. I love that's, that. Um, yeah, yeah. That's it's, Return of the King. The, yeah. yeah, the warm tongue stuff, and uh, he's like, yeah, I get stabbed in the back, or whatever. And he's like. That's not the gasp you make. <laughs> like, you, know, you don't make Chris- that noise. Yeah. It's because Christopher Lee was in both world wars and was a Nazi hunter. <laughs> what a badass. And he was fucking Dracula. I love him Lee so is much. a god, and I love him. And, <laughs> ugh, fucking insane. Right, so I mean, just, just the way his, and even just the way his hand looks on the Palantir is holy shit great. It's like, next le- it's just, I can't think of... I don't think there will ever be better... Uh, fantasy films. I just don't. I don't. I don't think. I, I can't do it. I, they're just. Yeah. This is my. This is, my this is the highest standard now. They make all the right choices, and again, it's back to what we were saying earlier. This shit came out in the early nineties, or excuse me, late nineties, and you're just kind of like bleeding into the, you know, the, the next you know couple of years, and you're just like, this looks fantastic, and, and it set like a standard. You know, it totally did. For I guess fantasy driven shit, but like not that that was in high demand. But it's just one of those like 
if you're going to make fantasy-driven shit, you better make it as dope as Lord of the Rings or as mm-hmm. thoughtful as Lord of the Rings. I mean, but it's just it's like... L- the armor, the sets, the... Yeah, the details, the yeah. It, thank you. Even, it's, it's the details. It's, it's just like... It's an achievement in filmmaking, period. Like, not even just for fantasy, because the way that he, like... Or the way that... I don't want to say he, because obviously more people worked on this movie. <laughs> but, like, the way that they created atmosphere and, like, how they kind of um, transitioned from this, like dark broodiness and then you have scenes that are warm and then you have scenes that are kind of more lighthearted like the fucking salted pork shit after a huge <laughs> like battle it's so seamless and i don't know how the fuck they do that but like movies don't do that marvel um so <laughs> it, it's really just like in general i think these are and i just tweeted this sorry while we were on the podcast i really do think that the lord of the rings trilogy is perfect it's a perfect movie i think they are the most perfect films ever made <laughs> i'm not gonna I'll stand by that LA. i mean <laughs> yeah uh yeah, you've made an amazing point ellie and and uh <laughs> speaking of perfect okay the ending of part one we're here at the making of the fellowship okay i love the council scene so much the it's, council scene is incredible it's like i mean just again it's, it's a bunch of dudes sitting around in a circle talking but the yeah. way it's shot the way uh, look how, the way uh, how small uh, Frodo looks next to you know all these other guy, all these other people. Uh, the look on Gandalf's face as he, you know, he he feels like okay, I got I I you know I got to hop it into trouble again, but this is it's, it feels like it's over. We're gonna get someone else to do it, but he realizes nope. Frodo's got to be there. He's got the the heartbreak on his face of uh, you know realizing that he did it again. Is just the re- it's check it out. Incredible. The reflection, the reflection of everyone arguing in the ring oh, man. is like mm-hmm. one of the best shots in the entire trilogy. I mean, mm-hmm. that says everything because the ring is like feeding off of this. You know, it's just like yeah. yes, <laughs> it's like that's right, man. <laughs> you know, you will fall. You know, like you fucking bitches. They're just gonna argue amongst each other. And there's some elves and dwarves here too. Who cares? Y'all are gonna fall. Like I love that whole shit. Like, it, but it reminds me of like the Avengers film when like Loki scepter was on the uh you know the the aircraft carrier mm-hmm. and it's driving people nuts you know he's using it to basically like make the avengers fight each other in, inside turmoil i remember thinking like hey this guy watched lord of the rings <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like holy shit this is like the council scene like holy shit but yeah i love that reflection of people arguing i had to bring that up like so good yeah and gandalf doing fucking black speech oh my god yeah <laughs> the way the just the way he does it but also just the I love the way because these wizards are—they're are, gods. Like they could do whatever the fuck they wanted, but they don't because they know the, uh, you know, the the ramifications of that. But like the way, and it's also just really subtle. It basically just makes everything darker. But it like or like you know, and the way people react to it, and the way uh, Hugo Weaving like like it's like breaking his brain hearing the uh, black speech, but then he's also like, well, dude, you gotta listen to you know that this is uh, you know it's the classic. Uh, the, the the real world impact of that like that the bad thing's happening so if we ignore it that that means it'll go away and Gandalf's like no we need to we need to deal with this so uh, this is what's going to happen if we don't get our shit together yeah Elrond's face dirt while Gandalf is rattling off the black speech just it's just Hugo even going are you fucking kidding me in my goddamn <laughs> house Will you bring this into my house <laughs> <laughs> mud on the carpet while we're here, can I please, please complain about Elrond's bad decision making? Yes, I was sure, gonna, I was, I was gonna bring that up. I, yeah, uh, you mentioned it earlier. Go ahead, Harrison. Right, so the floor is skipped, yours. Yeah, we skipped over this a little bit, but uh, 
Elrond's conversation with Gandalf about uh, the weakness of men and the the line of a Sildor being cursed because he didn't throw away the ring. Like, bitch, please. Let me tell you something. <laughs> Even the Maiar spirits, Gandalf and Saruman and Radagast and the other two that everyone forgets, uh, are like, nah, the ring's probably a bad idea. Really powerful. It can fuck with us, too. The only per- the only, the only entity in Middle-earth who's kind of immune to it in, uh, in any way is Tom Bombadil, and he gets cut from the movie. Um, I'm not talking... <laughs> Faramir's immune to it in the books because it just doesn't work on some people. Um, but point being, like, if... Men are so weak, and you know everyone can fall to the power of the ring. Fuck politics. Push Isildur into the volcano. Stop complaining <laughs> that men are weak when you were right there and could have done it yourself. Don't yeah, complain don't. that he turned around and walked away when you could have walked up, grabbed it, and thrown it over yourself. Men that, are not weak. You were that book, just that imagine. Like, is it... Is the thing? Is there a thing in the book like where Elrond was there when Isildur didn't do it, or is that? I don't. I don't remember. Okay. Um. Can you imagine the kind of movie we would get if fucking Samwise pushed Frodo into the fucking volcano? Yeah. <laughs> like. <laughs> That's so dark that shit. just wouldn't work. It just no. wouldn't work. But like, Elrond, like I can understand the argument of like if the if like the leader of the elves pushed the heir to the throne of Gondor into a volcano, the political ramifications that would fall out from that. But you know what is worse politically? Letting your mortal enemy survive, <laughs> having the king of Gondor die anyways because he was a bitch on the road who decided <laughs> to go swimming, uh, and then, like, boom, we're in the same place. A king is dead, and the ring is still here. Just push him in and deal with the political ramifications. Because guess what? I'm pretty sure the realm of men would be okay with sacrificing one <laughs> king to literally get rid of Sauron forever. I so, there's no, there, dude, I'd be mad if I walked all the way the fuck up there and he didn't throw it in. I'd be like, yo, we walked all this way, man. Like, I got elf stamina, and I'm still fucking annoyed like, that I had to walk all the way up this hill, and you didn't, like, throw it the fuck in. You don't get to blame an entire race for the actions of one person. Like, men, like Elrond's blanket statement of, men are weak, they let evil survive. I'm like, yeah, but you also didn't do anything. You just stood there screaming, Isildur! <laughs> Destroy like, it! <laughs> like cast it into the fire. Be proactive. Wow, this is very deep, actually, and speaks to the themes of Lord of the Rings. Yeah, yeah. Be what proactive. A There's no cameras. Just throw them in, son. Be like, I don't, I don't know what happened. He slipped. Yeah. <laughs> he, slipped. he sacrificed himself. Yeah. So uh, I, I was just saying, like that ring is evil, fam. <laughs> <laughs> Each episode, we should have a segment where Harrison goes on a rant. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, so Harrison, get a rant ready for every episode coming up. I've got one for ne- I've got one for next week. <laughs> Good, for pretty much for, ready to go for the next um, part. Yeah. I mean, I think I think we've reached the the, the end. We're an hour and forty five minutes in. I looked it up. An hour forty five minutes is when <coughs> part one ends. Um, These episodes are going to be as long as the parts that we are covering. <laughs> well, we're, we're coming up on like an hour 20-ish mm-hmm. on, yeah. on this episode. It's not that bad. I mean... Guys, guys, can we talk about Hugo Weaving's 
I can't believe there's more fucking Hobbit's face. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, that, that fucking bit of acting kills me. Like, when he cuts, they cut back to him, he's just like, whoa, 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 whoa. It's like so, like, stupid and Looney Tunes, and I wouldn't trade it for anything in the world. No, it's Same so good. Same Z's. Same Z's. So good. No, it's, it's one thing I love about these movies, is it's this council scene in particular. There's some dark shit going on. It's like, yeah, we know the end of the world is right there on this table. You can't break it. You got to take it to the. You got to take the to, to the volcano. Got to toss it in. But then also by the end of this scene, you know, uh, Mirren and Pippin come in and it's like, what the fuck? It's like, all right, all right, guys, like you're gonna go on this fellowship, have fun, and then it ends with, where are we going? Where are we going? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so yeah, I love, yeah, intelligence the, on this no, mission. You need, need men of intelligence on this quest mission quest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so it's 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 still funny while also maintaining that tone of like yeah there's some serious shit going on so ah uh, yeah. i love it i love i love, I love how peter jackson balances everything here so that's and maybe one. maybe the elves should have like given some like hobbit papooses so that they could like <laughs> carry them but i'm interested <laughs> Yeah, but if papooses? they're carrying <laughs> Hobbit papooses, that's the that's the name of the podcast. <laughs> Hobbit papooses is the best thing I've ever heard. Thank you, Sam. Oh my god! If anybody knows Photoshop, I would <laughs> like to happen. see this. All right. Any last words on part one of Fellowship of the Ring before we close it out? Anybody? What a good way to hook your audience i mean that first chunk of the film is stupid good mm-hmm. uh tons of replayability um you can rave about it all day rewatchability rocky wrong oh, i'm sorry sorry <laughs> replayability the gameplay and the fun factor of this <laughs> is off the chain uh video game talk. no but ser- seriously bottom of my heart it's it's one of the coolest like um major franchise things ever it's up there mm-hmm. with star yeah. wars it's up there with like um, a- any major thing you can think of, aliens, whatever. It's like it's a huge franchise that just started off so well, and it just kept paying off. It never diminished on like what it was doing. No matter how they reassembled that film yeah. or cut it together, it's it works as one piece of excellence. You know. So and again, what a good way to hook me, like right away with that fantastic opener with these wonderful characters. I understand the rules uh, mm-hmm. of everything like it's perfect like it's legit we keep saying this goddamn word (laughs) i mean there's no other way of saying it it's crafted way too well and even under scrutiny under all all these years later when you break it down it's like no that that aged really well and that holds and this is special and even when i know that's a special effect that's green screen that's cgi that's a rubbery dude i don't care because it's (laughs) in the manner in which they're used it's the attitude in which these effects are used that i'm just like and the best part is is like it only gets fucking better. It it doesn't right. stall at all. So like, the best it starts off well, and it well you know we have some questions about the end, but we'll get there. But it's still it, this is not even the best part, and it's already so good. Nope, I don't know what you're talking about. I got no complaints with the endings. <laughs> I, nope. Me and Harrison are gonna fight. Gonna fight. When we get there. All right, all right. I'm in the middle. Of, I'm rereading the books. Like we'll we'll throw down. Like, <laughs> But yeah, Rocky's totally right. I agree with everything he said. That was a beautiful closer, Rocky. Congrats. Mm-hmm. Yep. Helm's deep in them guts. <laughs> <laughs> I think that I think that that or not to get ahead of ourselves, 
is gonna have to be the title. Like at this point, <laughs> like we got deep in them guts. I really like dropping eaves. <laughs> <laughs> I really did. Was it dropping Drop- eaves? I ain't dropping no eaves. Oh, I ain't dropping no eaves. I'm gonna write that down. Let's see. Or the well, elves dropping eaves. If if we, if that is, it wouldn't just. It would be better if just just dropping eaves. Dropping <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because that's what we're doing. Dropping not really. Eaves. Not we're really. not eavesdropping, but not still. Eavesdropping. But you know. Or, right. or, or or we can ask, are you dropping eaves? Like listening to us? <laughs> <laughs> dropping eaves question mark? Dropping eaves question mark? <laughs> I like okay. that. Uh any any other any other last last words? No? No? I, th- I think we're good. I'm just really excited. I think, I think we're good, yeah. I'm disappointed that Sam's dog didn't fucking get vocal. Oh, I know. Yeah. He's being, it's a being big tease. he's behaving today, I guess. Very disappointed. You gotta perk him up next episode, Sam. <laughs> Uh, I, I want to own a sixth person on this on this call, or I should say, being a dog. I want a dog on this. I want a mascot for this Lord of the Rings podcast. How do we close this episode? I, I mean, Sam, uh, over the DMs, you maybe had an idea to close things out. Uh, yeah, I didn't do anything, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I honestly can't remember how we closed it out last episode. Did, did, does anybody remember? I think we just stopped. <laughs> we just press stop. There's no like catchphrase, no like uh, uh, wisdom from Lord of the Rings from Tolkien. What's the last fucking line in this? Yeah, where are we going? going? Yeah, where are we going? Okay. Greetings where from the Great Havens. I didn't say that at the beginning because our intros are weird now. But <laughs> how about what's uh, say goodbye from the Great Havens? <laughs> goodbye from the Great Havens. That's, I'm that's on a boat. It. Goodbye. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye from the Great Havens, everybody. Bye. Bye. I'm getting a pint. They come in pints. I'm getting one. You can follow me at sick underscore underscore six six or more salacious content over at the blur bitch underscore underscore. And you can listen to my podcast sequels S E E Q U E L S through Talk Film Society or anywhere you hear your podcasts. You can follow me on Twitter at Sam Shot First, and I'm the host of Talk Film Society's Keanu Reeves Retrospective Podcast, Keanu Believe It, which is also on Twitter at Keanu Believe It. You can follow me on Twitter at play underscore champion. And I also host a Disney podcast called Dream a Little Deeper. Follow me on Twitter, Rocky Warrants, R-O-C-K-I-E-W-A-R-A-N-T-Z. And because of this uh, gross pandemic, I've been doing a whole bunch of gaming. So I'm also on Twitch. So Rock Agus on Twitch, if you want to watch me game and come hang out. And you can follow me on Twitter at Marcelo J. Pico. And you can follow Talk Film Society at Talk Film SOC. Go to our website, talkfilmsociety.com. Listen to our other podcasts, read our articles. And if you want to hear bonus episodes of this show and others, go to patreon.com slash talkfilmsociety. Thanks for listening and stay tuned for the next episode where we cover part two of The Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring.